Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. Today, we have with us a very special guest, Ari Nia. Ari is the winner of the third great designer search and the current representative for white in the Council of Colors within Wizards of the Coast's R&D. Welcome to the show, Ari. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. Well, we are very happy to have you because today we are going to be talking about white in Commander, its strengths, its weaknesses, its power level relative to the other colors, and how Wizards is working to enhance the color within the limits of the modern color pie. Before we get into the topic of White and Commander, though, uh, I was hoping, Ari, that you could tell us what it means to be the White representative on the Council of Colors. Uh, What is the Council and what are your responsibilities? Yeah, so the Council has two primary roles. Um, And the, the first one, and the one we spend most of our time on, is making sure that the color pie, as it currently exists, is followed in all of the many products that are made throughout R&D. You know, we have a lot of different magic designers working on a lot of different projects, and they don't all have the time to be individual experts in all the subtleties of the color pie. And so it's important that we have some kind of review process where we we can go through, look at the cards in each set and be like, okay, we see that this green card is doing something we don't like in green and that we prefer that effect to be mostly red. So we're going to tell the set lead to change that. We have a review process for that. So that's a lot of our job. And of course, you know, that's not just sort of a, we tell you what to do, but there's a lot of back and forth in it where we explain why we think the card is problematic and maybe give recommendations for how to fix it. And they can talk about what you know what what role that card has and why they like it the way it is things like that but that's our advisory role the other big thing we do is help the color pie evolve so we have lots of discussions ourselves about where the color pie is right now and where we think it might change in the future you know what we think is working and isn't you know how it's affecting the various formats and what may make colors that are not successful in a particular format, like whether the color pie can help them, give them more tools to to be more fun to play. To, to follow on to that, um, how do you feel about white's power level in formats other than Commander? Uh, right now, I feel pretty good about it. So um, in a format like Standard that rotates a lot, like it's going to ebb and flow. So like Back in Guilds of Ravnica standard, white was extremely strong. In Throne of Eldraine standard, white was pretty weak. So it kind of it fluctuates. It goes up and down. If you look at competitive formats, sort of right now, every major format, standard, historic, pioneer, modern, legacy, white is definitely represented. And you can play white decks and be successful. In modern, actually, like four of the top ten creatures are, are mono-white in terms of play frequency, which is pretty... Pretty crazy. Yeah, that's the first time in history, I think, right? Yeah. So I want to talk a little about how the subtlety of the color pie and power level, because many people seem to think that those are just kind of the same thing, right? That like green is powerful in standard right now, and therefore green slice of the color pie has expanded. And that's simply not how that works, right? Like green is powerful in standard right now because we printed some green cards with you know with that have powerful words on them and powerful numbers on them but not necessarily because they're doing anything that green wasn't already doing the question from a color pie perspective is not is white 
at the correct power level in standard. Like, I don't have the skill set to answer that. I'm not a play designer. I'm, a, I'm not a, you know, a pro tour veteran, like pretty much all of them are. But the, my question is, is white balance a bull in standard? So can I, can I talk a bit about what I mean by that? Absolutely. Go ahead. All right. So story time. How, how, long, how long have you folks been playing Magic? I'd I'd say since like Mirrodin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I got serious about it in Mirrodin, but I started in the nineties. Like okay, gradually. great. So you re- you probably remember this. Um, if we look at Green in the early two thousands, uh, Green had basically no card draw. It had yeah. no removal. <laughs> it yeah. had no haste. All it had was ramp and like big dumb creatures. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I remember there were a couple advocates who were really strongly in favor of of giving Green more because it was falling behind the other colors yeah but let's talk about what it means for it to have been falling behind the other colors so you could still play green at that time right there were very powerful tournament winning decks and they used cards like fires of yavimaya or mirari's wake that were just extremely powerful individual cards Mm -hmm. but at that point what i would say was that green was basically unbalanceable in that you could make a strong green card within the color pie for example, I could make like a three mana six six shroud. We were using shroud instead of hexproof because it's the early two thousands, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three mana six six shroud. Certainly, that would make green not just not suck. That would make it really powerful and probably dominate a bunch of tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we wouldn't make that card because it's completely uninteresting to play with or against, right? Like it's very uninteractive. It's just a check. Does your opponent have a mana leak or a diabolic edict? They don't. All right, they're just going to lose, right? Mm-hmm. You could not make a card like the Great Henge. You could not make a card like Questing Bees. You could not make a fight spell like Primal Might. And I oh, think yeah. those cards are much more interesting, much more interactive, and they give green tools to compete that let us make cool cards that are also powerful. So taking that example and applying it to to the present day, like the situation we're in with white, I don't think it's the same as the situation green was in in the early 2000s, where there just weren't the right tools to give it fun, powerful cards. I think white actually has a ton of tools in its color pie that, that white is actually one of the most versatile colors. It's kind of a generalist color, which is why people think, oh, white doesn't do anything Actually, white kind of does everything, and it what it lacks more is as much uniqueness as the other colors. But white has a ton of tools in the color pie to be balanceable. If you look at the history of standard tournament standard, like over the past however many years, white has often been extremely strong, either in white-based aggro decks or blue-white or esper control decks. Like there have been been white decks in top eights. For years and years and years. So yeah, it's going to come and go, but it, I don't think the color pie needs to needs to affect that. Like mostly, that's just a matter of which cards do we print and how strong are they. I mean, I just to interject, I totally agree with you. Baneslayer Angel was a chase rare when it was first printed. And I think your point about the white color pie, I think there's just a lot of stuff in white's color pie that could be used in the future to pump up the power like to give give white players like the tools that they need so i I, it's really cool to hear you kind of talk about it within that frame of reference Mm -hmm. oh and actually i want to mention this because like i hear so many people memeing about how like baneslayer angel used to be amazing 
and now it's not <laughs> even good. Like this is the weekend of ZNR champs, and Luis Scott Vargas was playing it in his Yorion Doom deck as a sideboard card, and yeah. he absolutely wrecked someone with it. I watched on stream, and I was like, "Huh, she's still got it. She's still good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, White is is doing well in, in many formats other than Commander. Um, how is how do the rules of Commander affect White's strengths and weaknesses? Uh, how does how does it translate from 60-card magic to commander? Yeah, so I think the biggest problem for white in commander is that you have three opponents in a, in a pot of four people, and they each have 40 life. So that's 120 life to chew through. And if we look at, at the aggro side of white, which has certainly often been an appealing side of white for people, you know, white weenie or boros deck wins is, has been a deck that people loved throughout magic's history. It's really basically impossible to get the scaling there appropriate both for commander while still printing a card that doesn't look ridiculous in other formats like the thought experiment i i like to use for this is like imagine a one mana one white mana vanilla four four right like imagine what that does to limited yikes and imagine what that does to standard still very very you're gonna you're gonna mess people up with that and probably lots of older formats too, but especially the main ones that we're printing cards today for limited and standard is what people, they get their packs, they break open their cards, and they play these formats. But if you print a one mana 4-4 four, four in Commander, does anyone even play it? I don't I don't think they do. Yeah, only only in like a deck that would care about one, you know, like one drop, some... some Maybe if it had like it. Relevant, relevant creature types... Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, like, I, not, I, it's not a staple. <laughs> yeah, I do agree with you. Or History of Benalia is another good example, right? Like super powerful, appealing standard card. Everyone everyone loved that card, and it was scary in standard. We can't make that card with numbers on it that make it strong in in Commander. Like that, it just becomes a completely different card. White has often had a dual identity as like a controlly color and an aggressive color, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that limits its ability to compete in a field where like other colors, as you mentioned, are a little bit more focused, like not quite as generalist as white is? In competitive formats, I would say no, that's more of a feature than a bug, because that means that if a format is aggro friendly, you can be playing white aggro or boros or whatever, be successful. And if a format is control friendly, you can be playing, uh, you know, Esper or Azorius and and be successful on that end of things. Like it kind of gives you two chances, right? Whereas like mm-hmm. it's much harder for a color like red to be successful in a format where where aggro is very weak. Though, you know, it we're we're giving red tools to it to like smooth that out as well. We don't want any color to be too one note. In Commander, well, it, it basically means that the half of the color that's very much about putting down a whole bunch of creatures onto the battlefield and pumping them up with counters or with anthems or things like that and attacking for 10 damage really early, that, that part of the color just kind of is unlikely to be a powerful strategy because your opponents have too much life and there's three opponents with lots of cards in their hands one of them's going to have a board wipe so it means that that side of the color doesn't do as well i'd say the controlling side of white is pretty effective in commander in that it does have the strongest spot removal spells and many of the strongest sweepers um, and also some very versatile removal spells 
cards like Generous Gift. So I'd say that as control color, white is, is pretty effective in Commander, and its big weakness there is that it needs to rely on another color for card draw. If you can't uh, easily solve the, the problem of like white aggressive decks in Commander with like aggressively pushed stats just because of their effect on other formats, what are some of the things you can do in Commander to help white aggressive decks, to help it play that role that it often plays in other formats? Yeah, I think... I mean, the big problem there that we have to fight against is sweepers, right? Because there's just they're just so much more prevalent in a format like Commander that if you're playing it... Now, at a low power level, this isn't so much of an issue. If everyone's playing kind of very casual, new-to-the-format Commander, then it's just not a problem so much. But if people are playing sort of higher level, but not CEDH... But like high enough level that like people are going to be packing lots of sweepers in their deck and they'll have access to them, then then that becomes difficult. And so I think cards like I would say Selfless Spirit and Teferi's Protection become that much more important. Where like if you've invested a lot into building a board, then you have ways to make sure it doesn't all disappear immediately. For those kinds of answers. Um like the Teferi's Protection, I, I, I view those as a very narrow type of counterspell. And obviously it, it doesn't compare very favorably to more versatile blue counterspells that can both protect your board and, and fill that same role, but also answer opposing threats. When you're costing, or I mean, I, I know that you, you work more in vision design, you aren't costing cards so much. But is there an interest in making those types of narrow protection effects a little bit cheaper so that so that they compare more fav- favorably with what other colors are able to do? I don't yeah, I don't really have an answer to that. I I mean flawless maneuver costs zero mana if you have a commander, so we can't make them much cheaper than that. Um but in general I'd say yes, we're interested in making strong cards that help you protect your board in white that like that's super in flavor for white and it it you know it works well with white strategies so effects like effects like flawless maneuver where we are going to continue printing those uh is there any interest in um pushing overrun style well maybe not like directly overrun but uh very efficient mass pump effects in white uh that can that can easily deal a lot of damage very quickly. Yeah, so Acroma's Will is, I'd say, a good example of the kind of card that we're making to make sure that white has ways to finish the game. I would say we're probably a little reluctant to do things that are that are too reminiscent of green overruns because as colors, white and green are extremely close in what they're allowed to do. Right, they're both good at making tokens. They're good at putting counters on those tokens. They're good at gaining a bunch of life. They're good at um, destroying artifacts and enchantments, and they're pretty good at protecting their stuff. So we don't want, in particular, to like make white and green more similar. And a lot of the feedback I get is, "Give white all this stuff green has because green's great in Commander." And you know, I think that if Commander were the only format, then maybe there would be better arguments to to make sure that all colors could do certain things at a certain power level but you know we we have we we're not trying to have a different color pie for standard than we have for for commander so i would say like 
you know, in white, you'll see things more like true conviction, I think is a good example of like a white quote overrun that's, um, that's going to, you know, take over the game and deliver the knockout punch. And I think there are other ways to ensure that white has ways to close out a game that do not involve going so close to like green mass pump. You mentioned that one of the weaknesses of white as a control color is that it does not have easy access to card draw. Is that something that Wizards is also interested in working on? Absolutely. And I would say that is the biggest change to the white color pie in the past year or so, and also in the next year or so that you're going to see. So looking at the past year, the I would say there's two very significant cards that exemplify some of the experiments we are trying. One of them is Mangara the Diplomat. So rule setting has been a uh, feature of white for a long time. And what Mangara does is it sets particular rules. You can't cast two spells. You can't attack me with two creatures. But instead of taxing them with mana, it taxes them with, if you do this, I draw a card. And we decided, and that this was actually before I was the White Council of Colors representative. This was um, back when Andrew Veen was doing that job in 2019. We decided that any rule White is allowed to set, White can also set that rule with punishing you by letting you draw cards. So th- this is going to be kind of something we see going forward. It uh, is I would something in this area. I would say Mangara is an experiment, and you know, all of our experiments we we were like checking to see okay how do players react to this how much do they enjoy it and what effect does it have on games you know what is the play pattern because you know we play test a certain amount but if we could predict with a hundred percent accuracy whether or not players love cards Mm -hmm. when they're out in the world then that that would be an amazing thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, the other big experiment we are trying right now is something that you see on the card farsight adept from um zendikar rising right that's the two dub three three that when it enters the battlefield you and target opponent draw a card so that kind of symmetric draw i think is an interesting potential space for white and it's interesting in commander because there are political ramifications right where like in in 1v1 magic you and your opponent drawing a card is you know, you can try to time it so that it helps you more than it helps them, but it's still mostly a symmetric effect. Whereas it's not symmetric if you're targeting the weakest other player or if you're using it as a bargaining chip, like, hey, I know you really need to draw cards, so I'm going to help this out, help you out this turn, and you're not going to attack me next turn. That's a very interesting potential tool, and I'm fascinated to see how players react to it. Yeah, I love that it's you and target opponent rather than like each player. Like the fact that you're not giving away three cards, you're giving away one card just makes it feel a lot better than some of the group hug effects we've seen in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Though I I do think that like even even if like uh, an effect like Howling Mine where every player draws a card, like that's still going to favor the deck that can't draw cards much more than it favors the decks that already can draw lots of cards. But I I agree. I think target opponent is way more interesting. Like, I I just want to see how people play it. And it has more interplay, too. Like, as you said, like, someone could swerve the the target or Mm -hmm. there's just a lot more when you you put another, like, kind of hook on the card, another way it can interact with other things. I think just the play becomes that much more interesting just because there are so many effects in Magic that about targeting 
Yeah, and and the more aspects to a card, even simple ones like that, like simply targeting a player, the more a card can interact with the thousands of other magic cards that exist. So yep. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. We we talked about a little bit about like some of the the potential solutions to the issues that White faces in Commander. What types of solutions to White weaknesses do you frequently hear from the community? And which of those common requests are outside of White's color pie? So let's see. One of the big things is mana leak. People want taxing counter spells like mana leak to be white. There, I would say there's not perfect agreement right now in R&D as to like whether or not that's a potential solution. Like I think, you know, some people are like, oh yeah, maybe we could do that. And other people are like, mm, think about how many players just hate playing against blue decks because they might get their stuff countered. And then like, do we really mm-hmm. want people to say it's not that i hate playing against blue decks i just hate playing magic like i think that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a risk if you start getting count your stuff counterspelled by too many different decks so you know i i have some i have some suspicions there but i don't want to tip my hand as to what we might or might not print in the future another common request is ramp spells people don't like that white ramp uh, land ramp is conditional like Keeper of the Accord is is conditional on your opponents having more lands than you. Um, and they're like, why don't you just let us do unconditional ramp? And again, I think it's like, well, okay, well, why don't you just why don't you just play green if that's what you want? We have a color whose thing is unconditional ramp. Um, and I just don't think every color needs that. You know, black and blue and red don't have unconditional land ramp in this in that same way. And they get they get by just fine with with mana rocks. There's a specific card people mention to me a lot, which is Ristic Study. They're like, Ristic Study, that should actually be a white card, shouldn't it? Why don't you print us a white Ristic Study? Mm-hmm. And I'm very sympathetic to that argument because I agree that Ristic Study at its heart is more of a white card than it is any other color, right? It's taxing your opponents for doing stuff, and that could be a reasonable way to let you draw cards like Mangara. But I just think Ristic Study. As a card by itself, I would not literally color shift that card into white because it's so annoying to play against, right? There's yeah. the reason, a reason that do you pay the one is such a meme is because people hate it. They think it's so obnoxious. And so I think that, you know, they're like the broad picture is correct. It's like, yes, Mangara lets us do stuff like that, but we wouldn't just shift that card directly over. Or I wouldn't, you know, maybe maybe some other people in R&D would, but... We, we, we all have slightly different ideas of what constitutes fun. Regarding white ramp, do you think that there's more opportunities to expand on low CMC permanent reanimation, like Savine's Reclamation or Sun Titan style reanimation uh, as a way to bring lands back from the graveyard and ramp in that way? Yeah, absolutely. Like the thing that I care about most with white ramp is that it doesn't feel exactly like green ramp, right? Because we're trying to have two different colors and not just have white turn into a mini green that Mm -hmm. does you know basically the same stuff as green but a little worse at this and a little better at that like that's just not providing the audience with different play experiences which is the whole point of having a color pie but like having to get the lands into your graveyard and then sun tighten them back like that's a hoop to jump through that it feels very different from just casting explosive vegetation. Waves of aggression implies that extra combat steps are part of white's color pie. Is that still part of the modern white color pie? And is that something that might be explored in the future? Or is that uh, not really 
part of White's current pie? I would say not. And so first of all, that that card is from Eventide, um, which Ooh. went extremely heavy on hybrid and as a result had some kind of bendy cards in it. And it's also one of those retrace rares where we're like, okay, what is a red-white effect that is still fun if you play it from the graveyard a bunch of times? And that's a very, very narrow target. So like, I would say that in general, we don't think of like retrace cards from Eventide as precedent for anything. Um, <laughs> okay. I think that extra combat steps is like a really cool and awesome effect that I would like to keep unique to red because I think red needs really cool unique splashy things like that i think that when it's on a two color card then often it could be a boros card like there's an aurelia that does that right mm-hmm. yeah but i'm not sure i would want it on a mono, mono white card you know it would be something to discuss at the council of colors if we had a, a particularly compelling reason to do that but a priori i would say let's let's leave some very splashy things for mono red which is you know mono red also needs a little help in commander sometimes Absolutely. Kind of in this regard, green has a ramp and black and red for, in some ways, you could say have this infrastructure built in where red can take artifacts and turn them into mana, black can turn life and turn them into payments and just do various things with that. White doesn't seem to have a way to transform one resource into another as easily as some of the other colors. Is that a a plan for white is that just a a feature of white or is that something that might change in the future yeah so i think that resource conversion is not as important as resource accumulation right like if you look at Mm. a card like a johnny's pride mate that card could say every time you gain life you may pay one life to put a counter on this right Mm -hmm. and then it would be a resource conversion card but as it is it's even better, right? Like, it's like, yeah. why, do, why should I have to pay life? I'm white and I don't like giving things up. The whole kind of ethos of white is that Ohana means family and nobody gets <laughs> left behind or forgotten. So, you know, I don't think we're going to have cards that are all about paying life or discarding cards or sacrificing creatures as much as you would see them in a color like black. That's actually one of the good differentiation points between white and black. But like, consider the following card. Like, it's a three mana black instant. Sacrifice all your creatures. Draw that many cards. Kind of a cool mm-hmm. card, right? Mm-hmm. So, Teferi's Protection does the same thing. Three mana instant. All your creatures go away. You get that many cards back, but they're in the form of your existing creatures. So it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's right. It's not about resource conversion, sort of for its own sake. It's about what does the resource conversion do? Either it lets you accumulate more advantage, or it lets you like protect your existing resources right okay yeah yeah. um and so i think white needs ways to accumulate more advantage right and i think cards like luminarch aspirant are important for that cards like sram cards like mentor of the meek that are like yeah i'm gonna snowball out of control and get you more and more resources those are very important and also like the reanimation stuff like like you were saying open the vaults and yes return to the ranks that's that's an awesome the, the Convoke card from M15 that's like, boom, all right, here's here's a bunch of stuff. I'm vomiting it all onto the battlefield. Like, that accumulation matters. The fact that you have to sacrifice stuff or give up stuff to do it, I don't think is super important. That's like, you know, it's partly a balance thing and it's partly a flavor thing. And some colors are going to do it more naturally, but that's how it feels. Like, when I'm a, a black 
mage, right? If I'm a black wizard, then I'm trying to like sacrifice my own minions for more power or give up my own life for more power. Like that's who I am as a person. Whereas white is not going to do any of that. White is going to be like, we all get to stay here, selfless spirit or whatever. Somehow I'm going to keep my resources alive. I think that's a cool answer. And and kind of on a just a note after that, like a lot of white's life gain rewards tend to not be as strong as life gain rewards in other colors at this point in time. Is that something that's on the radar of, of you and the people at R&D? Which life gain rewards in other colors are you talking about? Well, so if you're in black... Uh, you directly harm your opponents typically by gaining life. Oh, um, yes. And if you're in white, you can get a, a 2-2 sometimes. Or like a, the, the the best one so far, or one of the best ones is, what is it, Angelica Chord? Where you get a 4-4 at the end of turns. But it, it, it seems like there hasn't been a lot of reward in the life gain space in particular. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't really agree with that. Like, we just printed Heliod, who is who is like CEDH level mono white commander that mm-hmm. makes good use of what life gain rewards. Yeah, that so, is true. You, that is true. <laughs> you know, white is not the only life gain color. So you are going to see yeah. life gain rewards in black and green some of the time. Can, can I broaden that question a little bit? Mm-hmm. How do you see, how do you go about balancing the need for each color to not do everything by itself and to have to rely on other colors for certain things? Versus like the desire for there to be synergy within a color. Yeah, I mean, that's a that is a deep topic. And certainly there's no there's no one simple answer to that. What we're trying to create with each color is a play experience that satisfies emotionally what somebody who's drawn to that color wants to get out of the game. So certainly synergies are important. I think we do create these synergies actually pretty well in white but because we've been a little reticent to on the card draw angle they tend to be things that don't work as strong a power level in commander as they do in other formats yeah you mentioned earlier that you know while some other colors are more about like chucking or sacrificing what you have in order to get something else like like black for example sacrificing its creatures to get some something else it wants and white is more about reusing what it already has. Would you say that blink effects are something that we can see more of in white to to build on that theme and enhance its power level? Yes, absolutely. I think blink effects in general are they're both white and blue, but we don't I don't think we we want them to be significantly stronger in blue than in white. I think that we we like strong white blink effects because they let you reuse ETBs, they let you save your creatures, that you know, they kind of just let you be clever if they're at instant speed mm-hmm. especially. Yeah, and yeah. that's always an important thing that like when you have I I would say de facto white aggro strategies are in some senses a little bit simpler than other aggro strategies because they're so much about fill the board very quickly and pump up your team. Um, And so I think one thing that's very important for us to make white lovable to as many players as possible is to ensure that there's instant speed interaction, ways to do tricky things, things that make you feel clever, plays that like afterwards you tell that story about that one time you blinked this one thing with that on the stack 
and then your whole team was indestructible and blah, you know, that's, that's what we want to happen. So yeah, Blink, definitely a good thing for white. Um, so we, we're talking about areas in which white can expand like kind of within color pie. Uh, is there anything we just haven't mentioned yet that you think is within white's color pie that, that could be explored in the future that would, that would help it out? I, you know, there are a lot of answers I could give to this question, but um, I would rather wait until the sets the, the, in which those <laughs> themes feature are, mm-hmm. are in preview season. And then I'll start talking about how, like, yes, white is finally going to be, you know, the, the color that dominates everything using Kithkin tribal or whatever cool <laughs> theme. Maybe something even cooler than Kithkin tribal. Mm-hmm. Some exciting... vehicles are now evergreen. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> cool. So we we talk a lot about like EDH rec on the on the show. We use that a lot as a resource. And uh, according to EDH rec, mono white decks are significantly less popular than other mono color decks. But mono white cards are played in comparable numbers to mono black cards and significantly more than mono red cards. So there's a a difference there in like commander or, or rather like deck popularity versus individual card popularity how do you interpret that information yeah so my full interpretation of that would be that mono white decks struggle in commander much more than white as just a color to play in a deck struggles in commander if you look at the power level of swords to plowshares smothering tithe generous gift you know austere command land tax like these cards are really really strong cards these are great cards to put in all kinds of decks well i think the reason red struggles more is that a card like lightning bolt great card fantastic card doesn't scale super well to the uh to the 40 life format right that's um, definitely true <laughs> right like every other literally every other format in magic lightning bolt is is a great card and then in it's not even in like the top 20 cards red cards played in commander i think so yeah. but if if we look at white as just a mono white color then there's two things first of all you're missing the card draw um which you need to supplement with you know your ma- maze mind tome or whatever and so that that creates some weakness but also if you look at the the top mono white commanders there's just not as many of them that are like crazy value engines as there are in other colors or other color combinations right that like yeah we have sram we have heliod they're going to give you tons and tons of value very quickly but like there's also a lot of lyra Dawnbringers out there which are awesome flavorful fun commanders but like at a high power level not going to not going to wreck face in the same way and and also i think one thing i want to briefly talk about is commanders that allow aggressive effects to scale to the format like red for example has a couple commanders like krenko that offers exponential token growth or perforos which allows you to deal six damage across your opponents or assuming a four-man pod uh whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control so these are the the type of effects that really scale well to the the 40 life multiplayer nature of the format and white is a little bit lacking in those kinds of cards that can enhance its aggro to the level it needs to be. Yeah, and you know, that's a that's a challenging thing to work on. Um like Krenko is an awesome card and I think it it hits a sweet spot very well. 
but it, you know it's it's challenging to make token making cards that are an appropriate power level for commander and also for other formats i think god god eternal oketra is like maybe one of our best stabs in that direction but yeah i think we were definitely interested in making white commanders that push aggro strategies to make them make them more viable but i'd say we're also interested in you know white commanders that that attack the game from other from directions other than aggro because there's lots of ways to play commander and we want the versatility of white to be fully showcased like i think white's actually in a decent spot with for example equipment decks if you want to play sram then that's mm-hmm. certainly a thing you can do. Yeah, and we just saw, like, uh, I actually was making a comment to Nick the other day about how powerful Arden is, the uncommon from Commander Legends. Like, mm-hmm. just saving mana on equips is incredibly powerful. Yes. Like, it's, it's That's really good. So I also think that there are a lot of... The, the white equipment route has been very good, very... It's gotten uh, a lot of juice recently. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of juice recently, which is, I think, really fun for people. Mm-hmm. You've stated before that white removal falls into four categories. Targeting restrictions, such as destroy target attacking creature. Reversibility, such as Oblivion Ring. Symmetry, such as Wrath of God. And compensation, such as Path to Exile or Swords to Plowshares. Which of these are strongest in Commander? And what types of white removal is Wizards prioritizing when printing cards for the format? Uh, I would say that those are all viable directions to make interesting and powerful white white removal cards for Commander. Like, Symmetry is what gets us Wrath of God, which of course is a big strength of white in Commander, is that it has strong sweepers. Sweepers are super important, so that's a great thing. Reversibility can actually be a strong thing as well, that if you look at a card like Darksteel Mutation, right, that in in some ways the fact that it doesn't just kill the thing, that it is undoable is what makes it so effective for taking out problematic creatures on the other side of the board. And then if you look at a card like Skyclave Apparition, like that actually has targeting restrictions and reversibility and compensation, and it's still just a fantastic card. You know, it's still extremely mm-hmm. powerful. And one of the tricks we can do with compensation is make sure the thing that we're giving you as payment is not as strong in Commander as it would be in other formats, right? That like a 3-3 for Skyclave Apparition or for Generous Gift is just not that important in a game of Commander. A vanilla 3-3 is a big deal in 20 life one-on-one magic. That's like one of the tricks we can use to to make sure it scales better for the Commander format. Yeah, I really loved Skyclave Apparition. That's one of my favorite cards out of Zendikar Rising. I also liked Angelic Ascension in M21, so I, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that Wizards is playing more in that space because, you know, Pongify and Rapid Hybridization have been staples for a very long time, and it's great to see White getting more things in that area of its color pie. So I, I understand that Kaldheim is the first set for which you contributed to the vision, vision Design team. Are there any White cards in the final set that you think Commander players are going to respond positively to? Are there any mono-white commanders coming next year that you think will excite the commander community? Yeah, I'm going to, again, I'm going to have to decline to say anything specific about Kaldheim. But once preview season starts, I, I promise you, I will not shut up about some of the yeah. cool stuff that's in there. Because, yeah, Kaldheim is a very, very exciting set. The, the, the Viking flavor there is super cool. And what it's, impact it's going to have on commander, I, I can't say yet. 
But over the course of the next year, are we printing mono white commanders that I think will excite the commander community? Absolutely, yes. I think there are several. Awesome. That is yeah. that is exciting news. Well, this has been a great conversation. Is there anything else about white and commander that you'd like to share with our listeners? I guess what I would say, if I could get every every commander player to consider one thing about the format, is that they should play in the way that speaks to them most as a person. And what I mean by that is that we, you know, we live in an era where like everyone is has access to a lot of information about Magic the Gathering through social media, right? Through Reddit and Twitter, through YouTubers, through podcasts, content creation. Um, there's just so much being written and said about Commander that I think it's possible sometimes for people to feel pressure to conform to ideas about how the game ought to be played based on public standards. For example, I think you'll see a lot of YouTube videos that say, check out these seven blue cards that you should have in every commander deck. And people are like, oh gosh, I really should be playing this particular card. Or like eight common mistakes for commander that you should never do. You know, and like some of this is okay. They're making clickbait titles a little bit, but like, I think the pressure is real where like, you'll be like, okay, the public narrative is that this card isn't good. And so I shouldn't play this card and this card is good. So I should play this card, but you know, you're not out there to win tournaments unless you're trying to win CEDH tournaments, in which case, you know, go ahead. But like, Mm -hmm. you're, you're there to have fun and express yourself through the deck you want to build and the deck you want to play. And I guess I would just encourage people to play the deck they want to play, to play the cards they want to play, and to not be sort of too tied to what content creators say, what EDH rec says, you know, what the pro players say. I mean, in as much as pro players talk about Commander, I don't think that matters. I think what you want to play matters, and you should play what you want to play. I think that's uh, some great advice. And personally, like, you know, as somebody who does make Commander content, I really love it when Wizards prints cards that enable a subset of cards to become competitive in commander like it's really great when people who who say like love their combat tricks and love like getting somebody when they get to see a card like feather the redeemed printed and all mm-hmm. of a sudden these cards that they loved but you know maybe weren't quite on that like high level in commander suddenly like there becomes a reason to put them in a deck so i, I really love when when wizards prints cards that enable everyone's favorite cards to make it into the format yeah and you know that's that's a big part of our design philosophy for commanders nowadays is that like we're trying to make commanders that enable new decks right that every time we make a commander we're like okay what kind of deck can people build around this that they couldn't build before right Mm -hmm. like uh, one example of this is naith of the dire hunt which we made for um uh jumpstart that's a card that like you get a bonus every time you fight. And it's like, well, what are we enabling here? Well, what about the player who likes Prey Upon, who thinks Prey Upon is their favorite card and wants to build a Fight Matters commander deck? Is there a commander for them? No, there's not. So let's make that. Like, let's. We think commander is best when everyone gets to make decks that enable all kinds of different things because we know that there are as many different 
tastes in magic because there are magic players and that almost every card is somebody's favorite card uh okay this is a little bit self-serving but um Mm -hmm. where's the the line for like suggesting things like oh i've noticed like this this category of cards is just like one commander away from making it into the format i mean if you uh if you want to say like I wish we could build a fight matters commander deck, and then a few you know years later we come out with Naith. I think that's okay. Like to know that there's demand for for general themes. If you're saying there ought to be something where like you know it it does exactly this, then that's 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 over the line. There ought okay. to be a two four with vigilance. That... <laughs> yes, I wish there were a two gg three three that drew a card whenever one or more creatures you control fight or become blocked, and you could pay <laughs> two hybrid RG to double target creatures power each combat. That's that's too specific. But yes, if there's a theme, you're like, man, I wish this theme were supported in Commander. Then like, yeah, that's feedback we we like to hear. Okay, great. Well, how can our listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to continue this conversation? Yeah, so I'm very active on Twitter. You can find me there at at sixth comma. Right. Happy yeah. to answer lots of questions and um, you know hear people's feedback about white feedback on Commander. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always something I'm interested in. Well, we really appreciate how you and so many other Wizards employees are um, so open and accessible to the community, and we really appreciate you coming on the show to talk about white and commander today. I think it's been an enlightening conversation. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see the passion that you and everyone at R and D has for the game. So it's really great to talk about it and see that come through. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the great things about working in R and D is that everyone, absolutely everyone there is a, a serious lover of magic as a game. And they, care so much about being good stewards of it about making sure the game lasts about making sure that we can make it fun for as many people as possible well i for one am very excited to see uh what the next years bring can't wait to see Caldheim. can't wait to see all the great white cards we're going to get in the future so Mm -hmm. thank you for uh representing the interests of white commander players absolutely thank you for having me if any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.